Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. We're so glad you tuned in today for this Tuesday morning in October. We hope everybody's doing well. Hope you're having a wonderful day. And we have a special guest with us today, and we're so glad that he was able and willing to come on the podcast. You already read it, and we welcome Brother Donnie King, first-time guest to the podcast. Well, thank you so much. It's a privilege to be here. So you are the host of the Pod King Bible Study Podcast. That is correct. We've been doing that for a little over a year now. So you put out quite a bit of episodes, more than I do. We only go once a week. Yes, we do two a week, one on Monday, which will be a book study. And then the one we do on Fridays is a special edition. So we put out one Monday, one on Friday, two a week. All right. We're on Zoom call today, so if it's a little bit lagging, we're doing the best we can. It's not acting like it's the best internet today. First off, Brother Donnie, as a first-time guest of the podcast, why don't you give our audience just a little bit about Brother Donnie and his family? Okay. Well, I was born in the suburbs of Atlanta, Georgia. I lived in a little city called Union City until I was 17 years old. I got saved in a very ultra-conservative holiness church there in Union City, Georgia. And I tried my best to live for God and what I knew. And the first time I ever heard the voice of God speak to me, whether audibly or inwardly. Uh, I was 17 years old and I was praying before I went to bed one night and I was having a very good prayer. And the Lord spoke to me that night and told me before long, you will be living in Kentucky. Well, I'd never even been to the state of Kentucky at that time. And honestly, I wondered, was that just a crazy thought went through my mind? But it seemed so audible. I looked around the room and quit praying. I went back to prayer. The voice said the same thing again. Before long, you will be living in Kentucky. So I said, yes, Lord, whatever your will is. And I raised my hands, began to praise the Lord and thank him for speaking to me. And within six months, my whole family, my mom, my dad, my sister, and even my grandmother had moved to Kentucky with bought land and had a place. The Lord called me to preach somewhere around the age of 25. Uh, My wife, I met her here. She's from this area, Henderson, Kentucky. And we got married at, I was 20. She was 18. And we have three children that we've adopted and they are seven, eight, and nine right now. So one last thing I do want to say about this is I felt the Lord call me to teach around the age of 19. And I'd never heard of anybody being called to teach before. So I never really said much about it to anyone, but I started teaching adult class around 22 years old. And I did that for 17 to 18 years, pretty much every Sunday from the time I was 22 all the way up to around 40 years old. I was associate pastor here at Seabury Mission here in Seabury, Kentucky for eight and a half years. I pastored in Henderson, Kentucky for five years. Then I pastored in Owensboro, Kentucky. Just three months ago, I resigned and it was just shy of five years there. Wow. That's a lot of, a lot of ministry, a lot of preaching, a lot of teaching. Yes, sir. So last year, around this time of October, I was listening to the Pod King Bible study, and you all did an episode about the October quote-unquote holiday of Halloween. 
And it was a very insightful and needed episode. And I could attempt to do this episode, but I have looked in this quite a bit. But frankly, to be honest with you, I'd rather get somebody smarter than myself. And so that's what I did today. I got somebody a lot smarter than myself. And so for a lot of my life, I knew that for obvious reasons, Halloween is associated with the devil and demons and all that kind of stuff. And so many Christians claim it harmless fun. So not until my early adult life did I do the studying for myself about exactly what Halloween is. And, you know, if we're going to celebrate Christmas because of the birth of Christ and we're going to celebrate Easter because of the resurrection of Christ, then shouldn't we fully understand what we're promoting and celebrating and decorating for when it comes to Halloween? Shouldn't we know exactly what it is? Seven out of ten Americans will celebrate Halloween. That's crazy. Last year, an average of $103 was spent by each person that spent money on Halloween. 18% of people plan on visiting a haunted house. Last year, over $10 billion was spent for Halloween stuff, hitting an all-time high. One of every four households will have a Halloween party. 52% of houses will be decorated with something about Halloween. In fact, three times more children are killed on Halloween than any other day of the year. Brother Donnie, these are staggering numbers. This is not just one day a year that some minority out there is messing with Halloween. This is America in a whole is pushing. It's one of the biggest days of the year in this country. In fact, Walmart puts out Halloween stuff months in advance because of the money they get from this one day. In fact, it's funny. I was looking at Christmas trees at Walmart just last month in September because they know where their money's at. And you look, despite despite even knowing what Halloween is, it's full of goblins, ghosts, blackness, darkness, blood, skulls, skeletons, spiders, uh, witches, warlocks. Shouldn't a professed Christian automatically want to stay away from all evil things such as this? So the big question we'll start with, Brother King, here this, this morning is, what is Halloween? What's the origin of it? What What's the beginning of it? Well, first off, I would like to say that if anyone doubts anything that we're talking about today, I would encourage them highly to look up the history of it, to go searching of their own and, and find this out for themselves. This is the best way people can understand the depths of how wicked and evil it really is. We'll touch on some things here, of course, but I still encourage people, look it up for yourself. But I'll give you a little bit of the history of it. Over 2,000 years ago, the the Celts uh, celebrated the end of summer, and they would do so because they would celebrate the beginning of darkness. The days got shorter, and when the days got shorter, darkness ruled over the land. This is because they celebrated the dead, and they believed that on October the 31st, the ghost of all the dead, all the dead from the earth would rise, and they would haunt people. Where they got that idea, don't ask me. It's it's just not recorded. There's different things that are said, but they believe that they could call these spirits up and cause them to haunt people and go after them. And people that had a fault with one another, they would 
encourage these spirits to attack the homes of the people they had an odd against. So they would dress up as ghosts and devils and all of those things to ward off the evil spirits. So the evil spirits would think they were one of them and wouldn't torment them. The Druids were priests of Satan. Okay, now people have tried to paint a good picture of them in recent years and say, well, they were a religious group of people. They had a few odd beliefs. No, they were literally priests of Satan. And they would prophesy in front of bonfires where animals and crops were offered to the devil and to the dead. Now, that doesn't sound like a good religion to me. <laughs> they would worship the goddess Pomona, who was the goddess of fruit. And they would do so by bobbing for apples. The practice of trick-or-treating actually came from community leaders who were trying to appease some of the devilish mischief that was associated with Halloween. Many things were being torn apart and destroyed and devilish things was going on in the communities. And they said, we need to get together and stop some of this. And their thinking was, if we give people a treat, Hopefully we won't get a trick in return. And that's literally how trick-or-treating was born. You know, Halloween is considered as the Good Friday and the Easter Sunday for devil worshipers. Halloween carries that much importance and significance for them. They look forward to this one night all year long. This is the peak of everything. This is their climactic point. They also began to carry it over to November the 1st. And if you look at your calendar, You'll see on November the 1st, it's called All Saints Day. Now, many people mistakenly believe that this is some form of a Christian holiday of sorts. But I want to explain how we know that it's not. It's got another name. All Saints Day is also known as the Day of the Dead. In reality, the devil worshipers call it All Demons Day because it's the day that they worship false spirits uh, and any kind of evil spirits. There's nothing holy about the day at all. It is totally demonic. Both days, October 31st and November the 1st, by what they do. Now, I'm not saying that God doesn't have power over either of these days. But what they're doing is trying to worship the devil openly, but they're disguising it at the same time. On this day, on All Saints Day, they try to communicate with the dead. The spirits that were summoned on October the 31st, they believe lingers for a full 24-hour period, and they would try to communicate with the dead, talk to spirits, and all of that. Now, they'll tell you that they're going to the cemeteries on All Saints Day to speak to their dead relatives. They'll prepare meals and food for their family. They pay their respects at the local cemetery, but the re reality of it all is that they're doing every bit of this to demons and false spirits. In a few days, a seemingly innocent day is going to come around. Some Christians are going to be in the middle of this all-out celebration of the devil. And the point that the devil likes is that parents will willingly allow their little children to take part in this day. Yes, and to make a point to that right there, Anton LaVey is the founder of the Church of Satan. And he said, and I, I just read this like two days ago, he said, and I quote, I am glad the Christian parents let their children worship the devil at least one night of the year. Welcome to Halloween. Yes. That, that's unbelievable. The church of Satan, that he would say that about our parents and our children. You're exactly right. You know, 
I, I read a, the life story of a man that got saved out of the satanic church. He was a devil worshiper for many years. And he, he got saved, he came to Christ, and he says now that he's a Christian, going around all of these other Christians, he's utterly amazed and even appalled that people who profess to be in Christians celebrate Halloween. He said that Halloween has always been known as the devil's holiday. And most satanic attacks in America and other nations come on that very night. He said that most people don't understand that these attacks are aimed at God and his church. Stop trying to Christianize Halloween by letting kids dress up in biblical costumes. Yeah, John Ramirez said when you dress up even as an angel or a mermaid for Halloween, you give the devil legal rights to change your identity. And he also said, now you can look this up for yourself, John Ramirez, like you said, he was an ex-Satanist, and he said that he was so deep into the darkness of this, he also warned that there is much a darker reality in Halloween beyond costumes and candy. He said, when you listen to what he said, I was a general to the kingdom of darkness and witchcraft. He said, I would sit down with the devil and talk to him like I'm talking to you today. He had that kind of communication and that kind of relationship with the devil. And he warns us as an ex-Satanist, he said, Halloween is the devil's day. I tell you, Brother Donnie, this is not something that a child of God should want to be a part of. Now, Halloween in the world's eyes is called a holiday, but is Halloween yes. really a holiday? No. That is one of the things that riles me about this. There's Christian people that will call this a holiday, and they don't even realize what they're saying because holiday is a blending of two words, holy day. We look at the Bible and we read about their holy days and their holy feast and all of that. We're saying we're equating Halloween with those holy days of the Old Testament. And that's where we get our word holiday. There's nothing holy about this day. Should a Christian do anything associated with Halloween? Well, as you already said, over $10 billion was spent last year on Halloween and the decorations. $10.6 is what they're expecting this year. Out of that, $3.1 is going to be spent on candy alone. Halloween is second to only Christmas in spending. Okay, so here's the thing. When you get to looking at the decorations, all I did was carve the face in a pumpkin and set it out. It's just a jack-o'-lantern. All I did was let my kids dress up a little bit. All I did is let them paint their faces. That's openly inviting the devil to come in. All right, because I, I want to make a few points here. Number one, most of our holiness and Pentecostal uh, people, they don't believe in wearing makeup, but yet some of those same families will allow their children to put makeup on their faces to go out and, and dress up in a costume. Okay, so that's a double standard already right there. Yes, but when sir. you set, carve a, when you carve a face into a jack-o'-lantern and you put it out on your front porch, you don't realize it most likely. But that's how the devil worshipers invite the evil spirits. They put the jack-o'-lantern out there with the carved face. They put the candle or light inside of it. And they believe that those evil spirits will be drawn to that jack-o'-lantern that would have come into your house to torment you. They'll all go inside that pumpkin. That's where the group, okay, I don't know if any of you have heard of that group. And I'm not sure if they're rock or what kind of group they are. 
their name as smashing pumpkins. They get that from smashing the pumpkins and let those evil spirits go. Wow. That's how wicked know that. this world is. Yes, yes, sir. That is very wicked. You know, by dressing up, you make your face change and it changes your identity. You be, have you ever put on shades and felt like people couldn't see who you were? There's something about wearing shades, dark shades, that people get the idea that people can't see them or they can't see their eyes. So you don't know where they're looking. It's the same way when you cover your entire face because you feel like nobody knows who I am. This is the way that the devil slips in with little seem to be harmless things. I believe that Christians should have absolutely nothing to do with Halloween. Let me ask you a question that I believe means the exact same thing. You asked, should a Christian have anything to do with Halloween? Let me reword it and give it back. Should a Christian give allegiance to the devil at any time? Or is it okay for just one day a year? Right. That's a great point. That's an exact. Yes, sir. So what what are scriptures? You know, everybody wants to say, well, prove it to me. Prove me why. So what are some yes. exact scriptures that we're going to go to as Christians, as preachers, to back up what we're saying? Now, for obvious reasons, you ought to look at Halloween and say, yeah, that's not something I want my kids to be a part of. That's not that's devil worshiping. I mean, but you know how you know how folks are nowadays. You you got to prove it yes. to them. They can look right at <laughs> devils. They can look right at demons and skeletons and blood and cursing and zombies. They can look right at it and say, well, "I ain't nothing wrong with that." Prove it to me. So let's You're, do it. What what what's the Bible say about it? Okay, I'm going to give you just a few random verses, and then I'm going to take you to a few portions of Scripture. I'm going to try to limit it where I don't take a lot of time here. But the Bible says, let not your good be evil spoken of. Okay, you may mean good about it, but when there's nothing good intended by the, the meaning of what you're doing. Okay, how many of us would go into a Muslim temple to worship? How many of us would kneel down before a priest and confess our sins? How many of us would go knock on doors with the Jehovah Witnesses thinking we're doing a good thing? Well, you may intend good by what you're doing, but none of those things result in a good end. And so the Bible said to neither give place to the devil. That's Ephesians 4 and 27. Neither give place. Well, that means don't give any room. On this holiday, that's everything about it is associated with the devil. How is that not giving room to the devil? How is that not giving him a place? Matter of fact, it's like opening up your door of your home and saying, hey, devil, come on in. When we take these celebrations inside of the churches and call it trunk or treat, what we are actually doing at that point is we're allowing the devil to come into our churches and we're going to celebrate the devil's holiday. We're going to make a pact with the enemy. And it's the same thing as spiritually sacrificing our children at that very point. It's a very dangerous thing to do. So the scriptures that I use, I normally always take people to Galatians chapter five and go through the works of the flesh. Okay, I'm going to read you verse 16 down in chapter five. This I say, then walk in the spirit and he shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit with a capital S and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. Now notice there's a battle going on between the flesh and the spirit. 
the true spirit of God should warn us when we get into the things that are not of God, the things that are of the flesh. Now, listen to what verse 19 says. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emul and it goes on down. We know it lists 17 sins right here in particular. The one I want you to notice is witchcraft. It is a lust of the flesh. Now, witchcraft is a very interesting word in the fact that in the Greek, it's pharmakeia. Okay, it's where we get our modern words for pharmacy and pharmacist. And you just stick that in your hat and think about it and think about what the implications of that are. But there's four <laughs> definitions for this word. Okay, in the four definitions of this word, it means to make or use drugs of any kind. So there you've got a scripture to preach against the use of drugs. Then it means to poison someone or something. All right. That's got an evil inherited uh, point to it. It means to practice idolatry, which we all know is wrong. But the last meaning is the one that applies to Halloween the most. It means to dabble in sorcery, to dabble in magic or witchcraft, which is the way Paul used the word here. And so we have a scripture in the New Testament. A lot of people say, well, all we have is Old Testament scriptures that goes against. Now, we've got one right here in the New Testament. That the meaning of the word witchcraft covers drug use, poison, idolatry, and anyone who dabbles in sorcery or magic. Now, that is what Halloween is based on. Black magic. That's where it originally started with. Some people think that's only different magic acts. That has nothing to do with actual magic, like making a rabbit appear out of a hat. That's not what this is talking about. This is demonic activity. Now. What was Paul talking about? He was basing what he said off of the Old Testament. Now, there's numerous portions of scripture in the Old Testament. I'm going to limit it to one, Deuteronomy chapter 18. I want to look at verses 10 through 13. There's numerous passages in Leviticus and different ones where they were commanded to kill a witch. They were commanded to drive out the necromancers from among them, anyone who who did anything in that manner was considered not only a sorcerer, but an idolater because they were doing this in worship of another being. So Deuteronomy 18.10, there shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire or that useth divination, which is witchcraft, or an observer of times. Now, take that, you who read tarot cards and go to the people who read your palms and those who look at the daily uh, horoscope. Yeah. It says, or an enchanter or a witch or a charmer or a consulter with familiar spirits. That's those who play with Ouija boards and go to seances or a wizard or a necromancer. For all who do these things, now listen to this next phrase, because an abomination is an abomination in the Old Testament and the New Testament. An abomination never changes. All right, Types of sin and types of different ceremonial things may have changed at the death of Christ, but an abomination is always an abomination. Listen to verse 12 of chapter 18 of Deuteronomy. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. This is why God 
drove the inhabitants out of Canaan and all of these other lands and let Israel have their land because they worship the right God. All of these others that were doing these things that is associated with Halloween were driven out because they didn't worship the right God. He said, and this is how, verse 13, thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. You can't be perfect with the Lord thy God and do or take part in any of this stuff. There's another scripture that Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 22. Abstain. Abstain. Keep yourself away from all appearance of evil. Brother King, I think anybody can look at Halloween and say that looks evil. That's right. There is, you know, a lot of people are probably listening to this right now and we're not celebrating Halloween. We're not worshiping the devil. We're just having fun on this night. We're just eating some candy. They're probably, you know, if they're even still listening, we're all fat. You know, y'all are old fashioned. You're just making something out of nothing. But the devil's real. The devil Amen. does have power and he's not to be played with. He has destroyed and influenced many, many lives. And some think a lot of this is harmless, but it leads to so much more. Yes. Well, Paul was moved on by the Holy Ghost, Brother Austin, and he explicitly said that if you take part in any of these 17 sins in Galatians 5, the works of the flesh, listen to how he ends that last verse in verse 21. He, he, he's naming the last of the sins, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, anything like this, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, here's the kicker that they which do such things, anything like this, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And pharmakeia, witchcraft, is one of those things. If you take part with anything like witchcraft, you will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's how serious it is. Let me take you back to another passage that Paul was talking about different types of sin, and it's in Romans 1. He goes on down and says, these people didn't like to retain God in their knowledge. He goes down and begins to list another pile of things filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, which is linked to witchcraft, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things. If you look that up, that also ties in with sorcery. And then it goes on down, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. Here's the next verse who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death and not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. If you have pleasure in a type of sin, you're as guilty as if you were committing the sin yourself. That's like if you were actually riding with four other guys and they went by and you sat in the car and they robbed the local bank. When you get pulled over by the cops, all five of you is going to jail because you're guilty by association. <laughs> So it's the same way with Halloween. You may not be bowing down to the devil and you may not be offering a sacrifice, sacrificing a cat to the demons. But if you partake in Halloween, you're guilty by implication. Right. I don't, I don't want to be found unpleasing to God. I don't want to be found. No. no. Could you imagine should the coming of the Lord happen on Halloween oh. and the children of God, the, the church going members running up and down the roads, Messing with that, I'm telling no, you, it's sir. more serious than what people realize. 
And the, the power agree. of the devil is more than what people realize. And I'm, while we're on the topic of witchcraft, and I know this is not a topic that's uh, talked about a whole lot, but probably should be more than it is. And I'm, I'm going to tell on myself right here. There was an episode we had done uh, at some point this year. Um, I was with Brother Joey Holden, and he's a he's a was military, and I spent several years in the Army myself. And there was there was a, a woman in a certain state that I was in, and now Brother Brother King, I was backslid for about two and a half years, so so you forgive me. Um, I was yes. very young and stupid, <laughs> and. Uh, so we're, I mean, we're talking probably 12, 13 years ago, and I was in a certain state, and this this girl claimed to be a palm reader. Now, you know, I grew up going to church. I never knew nothing about that kind of stuff. I really didn't believe it. I just didn't yeah. believe somebody could look at the cracks and wrinkles in your palms and tell you stuff. I thought, now that's just crazy. There's no, how could you do that? That's that's dumb. So she was. She looked at my drill sergeant's hand, and uh, drill sergeant West, and she looked at his hand, and she began to tell him stuff. And he jerked his hand back, and he said, "That's none of your beeswax." And I was like, "Okay, maybe there's something to this." So I had her take my hand, and I just thought that that's maybe that's a coincidence. Maybe there's something to it. I don't know. She took my hand, bro. I I didn't tell her. She didn't know nothing about me, other than my name, and you know, very very little. She didn't know nothing. She began to tell me I only had one sibling. She began to tell me stuff about my family. She began to tell me all sorts of things that she had. I didn't tell nobody none of this stuff, and I was completely just like, okay, there is something to this demonic activity that even as Christians, we really don't realize how much is going on. You're right. Well, you know, Brother Austin, a lot of people say, well, what if I only let my children go trick-or-treating? I mean, we're not really dressing up a whole lot, you know, maybe a little here or there. They're just going to get candy. We're not decorating our house. Well, let me ask you a question and turn it back to you, and I want you to think of it. And it's going to sound very much like a shock statement. But should a Christian look only at swimsuit pictures instead of hardcore pornography? You say, wait a minute, what in the world has that got to do with anything? The reason I'm making this connection is the world calls those things eye candy. Now you think about that. If all you're after is candy, why not just buy your children some candy and let them stay home? Why don't, keep, why don't you keep them home and have prayer and devotions with them at night? Now, churches offer, like I said earlier, trunk or treat, which is a Christianized version of the devil's night of worship. Somewhere at that exact time that these children are gathered in, gathering up all this candy and supposedly a Christian perspective in a Christian environment, somewhere at that exact same time, there's a devil worshiper that's sacrificing a toddler. There's someone who's killing an infant in the name of Satan and a person that's killing a black cat and offering that unto the devil. Does any of that sound harmless to you? There's more children kidnapped, more children abused, and more children reported missing and killed all on this night. Then some people say, well, what, what about just dressing up? I mean, there's nothing wrong with dressing up a little bit. Okay, let me turn this around and ask you another question in return. 
Could a person who's claiming to be a Christian, especially our Pentecostal holiness people, could you be right with God and dress like a sinner? Then if you can't, how can a child dress up as something wicked, but be considered something good? Regarding Halloween, I believe the church should rise up and stop celebrating anything to do with the devil, anything to do with the costumes that look satanic. Okay, even if you're dressed up like a Barbie doll or you're dressed up like, you know, a toy soldier or whatever you want to dress as. You could dress up like Jesus if you wanted to nowadays, but that's still dressing up. We're just trying to Christianize a devil's day. You can't make Halloween sanctified. You cannot put Jesus's name on it and sanctify that day. That's unbiblical. That's like saying, I'm going to worship Ashtaroth, but I'm going to call Ashtaroth Jesus when I worship it. And, and that way, all my worship is right. That It does not work. You can't bow down to a Buddha statue and call Buddha Jesus and be right. So we need to quit calling Halloween good and recognize it as the evil that it is. Now, Here's another point I want to make right here. Why would God change his mind on something like this? He hasn't. That's the point. It's an abomination, and God has never changed his mind. God commanded Israel to take those who were portrayed as the worshipers of Satan and as sorcerers and witches and all of those things. He told them then to kill those people in on the spot. Now, I realize we're under grace. And I'm not telling you go out and find people trick-or-treating and start mowing them down. No, no, no. <laughs> no, don't do but that. But the question, no, don't do that. What could be wrong with dressing your little girl up like a witch, though? Well, why would we want to portray something inherently wicked and devilish? The answer's in, in the, the question. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Amen. In the first 60 years of American history, witches in this nation were put to death by burning. Go back and read some of the Salem witch trials. The problem with dressing up as an action figure, as a princess, as a cowboy, a Disney character, it doesn't matter. The point is you're dressing up. When you allow them to dress up, they're pretending to be something they are not. Do you know what the definition of a hypocrite is? It's someone who pretends to be yeah, something you're not. Somebody fake. We're teaching... Yes, we're teaching them to be a hypocrite. When you allow your child to dress up in a zombie costume, you get can candy from people dressed as a demon, and you're all together celebrating Satan. How do you wonder that your child is afraid of the dark? Is it a surprise? My, my little Susie can't go to bed without having a nightlight on, and I have to be in there, and she's scared to death. Well, why? why? Have you ever wondered why? Did you know that there's a new movie out for Halloween this year? I've just been reading some of the reviews on it. I don't intend to go see it. I don't see any movie. I definitely wouldn't see this one. It's called Terrifier 2. It is so violent and scary. There's numerous reports. You look it up. You, you can read on it. There's numerous reports of people throwing up, bobbing and puking, whatever you want to call it, passing out in the theaters. It's so gross. They literally have medical staff on hand at most theaters this year that are showing that movie because the content is so terrible. Does that sound harmless to you? That's unbelievable. Yes, sir. And it's real. You you can look it up. I'm not making this stuff up. I, I don't want to look it up. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Well, here's the thing. You get it in your mind. All I'm going to do is go do a little trick or treat. Then you say, well, all I'm going to do is go to a haunted house. It's, it's harmless. And then the next thing you know, 
it goes from there. And next thing you, you, you realize you're sitting at a Ouija board, you're in the middle of a seance and you're in the middle of the devil's territory. Yeah. You know, people have used Ouija boards since the late 1800s to connect them to the spirit world, to gain the presence of any spirit to ask them questions. Does that sound harmless? Where this board contains a yes or no right there on the board, and it's got the alphabet for replies. And some have said this is just a harmless game having fun, but they're they're playing with spirits purposely, purposely trying to summon spirits to talk to them. Now, if you look at a Ouija board, I remember I was in Pigeon Forge um, there back by the island by where the fountain is and all the chairs and all that. And, you know, we go back there and sometimes we'll, um, you know, they got like the, the big, uh, what's it called, the Pigeon Forge wheel, the Smoky Mountain wheel. My daughter likes yes. riding that, just stuff like that. Well, we was in like one of those little stores where it's got like tons of games and uh, cookware and whatnot. So we just looking around, you know. And I was looking over at the board games. I always like board games. And, you know, there's sitting there, you know, Hasbro makes Monopoly and Connect Four and Life and Mousetrap and Risk and Clue and Scattergories. All these games that, you know, we play as a family. And uh, But right yeah. there, right there, right in the middle of all these family board games made by Hasbro Gaming was a Ouija board just sitting right there for anybody to buy. And I'm telling yes, you, it's unbelievable the access we could have. And why would anybody want to mess with that? I'm going to tell this story. <laughs> um, there's a there's a great pastor and his wife um, somewhere in the country, just great people. And they were getting ready to go on a trip. And this is a true story. The pastor felt that God was telling him that he needed to anoint his property line before he left for vacation. Brother King, that's a pretty weird Pretty different request to hear to anoint your property line. So he uh, went outside and took the anointing oil. He anointed his property line and went on vacation, didn't think nothing about it. He just prayed over his yard, prayed over his property, asked God to help it, take care of it. And, you know, I, you know I'm sitting here assuming that maybe something bad's going to happen, maybe a thief or whatever, and the Lord's just trying to warn him. And so upon return, there was a teenager, one of their neighbors, that had came to this pastor and told them, said, while you all was gone on your trip, me and a couple friends of mine was in the backyard, and we was using a Ouija board. And he said, that Ouija what? board, as we was playing, you know, we had was scooting it around and playing with it, and somehow or another we scooted it as we was just messing around, and we ended up in your backyard across your property line. And he said that it quit working. <laughs> They was actually using a Ouija board, and a spirit was talking to them, saying yes and no, and using those letters to spell out stuff. He come over to that pastor and said, it quit working. He said, so we brought it back to our yard, and it started working again. He said, we put it back in, their, in your yard, and it quit working. He said, we brought it back over. He said, we asked the spirit that was working in that board and said, why did you quit working over in that yard? And slowly but surely... That thing began on those alphabetic letters, and I've ever used one, but I, I've seen them, uh, pictures of them and things. And that little thing that goes over those alphabet letters, it slowly typed out an H, an O, an L, 
a why, and before it was all said and done, that board, that spirit typed out to those boys, holy ground. <laughs> wow. My friend, this stuff is real, and you need yes. to watch out for the devil. Amen. The point that the devil likes to make out of this is that he's got so much power. That's what makes people terrified when they go to the movie theaters. That's what makes them terrified when they go to these haunted houses. They get scared. They're scared of the dark. They're scared of all of these things. God's power is greater than the devil's power. Let's live for God. Let's be a child Amen. of God. Let's be holy. Let's be holiness unto God. We're a holiness podcast. We've talked a lot about living holy. Be separate from the world. And if you're going to be separate from the world, just like the Lord says, he said, then I will receive you. Then you're going to have to be separate from yes. Halloween because that is the world. It's nasty. Right. It's disgusting. And as a child of God, you should not want to participate in Halloween in any way, shape, or form. And if you do no, participate sir. in it, we hope that this episode has enlightened you some way, shape, or form. And that if you know if you don't believe us, you can look it up for yourself. And hopefully, for you and your right. family and your friends, and you can spread the news. If you don't understand what Halloween is, and you don't understand the magnitude of it. You know, it's it's really hard to be a light for Christ in a dark world if you're a part of the dark world. <laughs> That's right. And so, so the good. last thing I want to say, Brother King, and I'm sure you can um, mention things here and we'll wrap this up, is disregarding the fact that Halloween is the devil's day. Just the fact alone. Stranger danger. <laughs> Don't take yes. candy from strangers. Shouldn't that alarm folks? I've got five kids. I do yes. not want my kids knocking on random doors in a random town because we evangelize. So, you know, we're in random towns a lot. Even if it's your hometown, I don't want them knocking on random doors, eating candy from people they don't know. We live in a wicked world with razor blades and stuff, drugs and stuff, one needle and one candy. Make your kids sick. I mean, I was reading an article the other day. Now, if this happens or not, I don't know, but just the chance why would you take the chance if there's a there's a 1% chance this could happen? One of the newest drugs out on the streets is called fentanyl and that they're doing rainbow rainbow fentanyl and they're covering their uh, the the fentanyl tablets with rainbow colors to make it appealing for kids. Whether or not that's true, whether or not it's just rhetoric, I don't know. But I'm not taking the chance. One, I don't no. I'm not going to take part in Halloween anyway, but if I want my kids to have candy and believe me they like it, I'm just going to go to Walmart and I'm going to buy my bag of candy and take it home and Halloween in the Griffiths household. And I know in the King household, it's just going to be like October 29th. It's going to be like July 15th. It's going to be like yes. any other random day of the year. And we ain't going to pay no attention to it. That's right. Well, the point that the devil likes is that innocent children will love this day because it has incentives for a bag of candy Christian parents can will allow their children to participate in the biggest satanic celebration of the year. The question I want to ask the listeners of your podcast is, what are your children worth to you? Are they worth only 20 bucks worth of candy in a bag or a little Halloween pumpkin uh, that they carry around to give them to Satan for one night? Let's do better than that. We are better than that. We've got a greater savior than this world that this world really needs to know. And we need to be a light in this dark hour, as Brother Griffith said. I appreciate you having me on today. Well, I sure appreciate you coming on the podcast today. And as we close here, I want to say, 
If you've never listened to the Pod King Bible study, go and listen to it. You're on what outlets are you on? I'm on all major outlets, Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeart, just most any podcasting platform. Okay, so well, you want to tell the audience as we get off here what what exactly you're doing on your podcast and what you're doing right now, and uh, we'll give you give you okay. a, a nice plug here, and hopefully, um, some of our audience will become your audience. Yes, well, as a matter of fact, what we do is I started out with a book study, and I did the Book of Hebrews, then I finished Hebrews, went through the Book of James, did the Book of Jonah. And now we're going through the book of Revelation at the time being right now. We do that on Mondays. On Fridays, I take questions in. If you have a biblical question you want an answer to, people will email me, call me, however, they'll contact me. And I will take and I will make episodes on Fridays answering the questions that have been sent in. And that's what we do on our special editions. And we've been doing that now for a little over a year. And we invite you to come be a part of that. And uh, if you have any questions you want to submit to us, we'd be thrilled to take them and do an episode crafted just especially off of your question. So you said you're doing Revelation right now. How long do you think that's going to take? <laughs> it's going to take a little while. I figure probably four or five months at the best, maybe a little longer. Yeah, I figured it'd take a while. Yes, sir. We're, we're trying to cover a lot of the stuff most people don't cover and hit on everything as we go through the book. So it's going to be interesting, to say the least. Well, I know one thing. I enjoy it. I am several behind. I apologize. I'm actually a lot behind, uh, but I have listened no to quite a bit, and I'm trying as I can. <laughs> but we got a lot of. <laughs> I understand. I have to find time to put earbuds in a lot of times when I'm driving or whatever, and try to listen because it's hard to listen and soak yes. in a Bible study when you got a lot of kids making a lot of noise. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand that. I'm the same way with yours. I think I'm I'm seven behind on yours right now. And, man, I, I tell you what, it's been really good, though. Well, I sure appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We appreciate it. Hopefully this helps somebody. And we'll see you next Tuesday. of life I've run. The Lord says to me, my child, well done. There will be no regrets for me. I'll be